Okay. Hey, everyone. So, in our own unique way, we ultimately try to stay hopeful in what we say on this podcast. But it's hard not to admit that there are some dark times ahead of us. As of a few days ago, our friends and neighbors to the south have now begun to overturn the nearly 50-year constitutional right for a woman to end her pregnancy. Needless to say, here at the Wisdom of Compound, we stand in solidarity with all the women and we support their right to make autonomous decisions about their own bodies and not have that decided for them by men and third parties and dogmatic ideologies. Anyway, so, well, back to today's subject matter. So, the Viktor Frankl discussion that we had a few episodes back got me thinking a little more about the role of suffering in our life and its connection to a to a happy or meaningful life. So, I thought I'd maybe try to reflect on this a bit more. So, well, here goes. Okay, well, so I would venture to guess that most of us learn from an early age to see most pleasure as good and all pain and suffering as evil. In other words, discomfort, despair, and melancholy is something we're told to avoid at all costs and to banish from our lives. We're taught that it's something to be cured and rooted out. In other words, we're taught to be algophobics, fearful of all and any generalized pain or anxiety. Actually, in a way, an influential line of thought from the 18th and 19th century called utilitarianism underscored this view. It claimed that pleasure was the only good thing in the world and pain the only bad thing, and that if we wanted to be happy, we needed to maximize the amount of pleasure in our lives while reducing the amount of pain. This is sometimes referred to, and here I'm thinking of a few prominent psychologists, this is sometimes referred to as the hedonic or even Hollywood view of happiness. But um, here's the thing. This way of thinking about our lives is often far too simple, and it obscures a deeper wisdom about happiness. The truth of the matter is that pain and suffering can often be transformative and a way back into a higher form of happiness, something Aristotle called eudaimonia. Now, when I say this, I don't mean that we should spend our time delighting in suffering for suffering's sake. No, I'm not advocating for, you know, um, luxuriating in despair for its own sake or, or dwelling in grim fascination with tragedy and pain in their own right. No, rather, what I'm saying is that we should try to see the world with open eyes. I mean, tragedy and suffering are natural facts. They're inherent truths about the human condition, right? That's undeniable. So, if we pretend otherwise, we do nothing but exercise a form of self-deception. Now, here's the thing. Self-deception is burdensome, because in order to maintain it, we're required to be constantly rationalizing in the face of pressing and resistant facts about the world around us. Now, this isn't easy, or honest, or ultimately conducive to a genuine love of life. No, embracing life fully means accepting its tragic dimensions. 
Among others, Nietzsche and Camus knew this very well. There is no love of life without despair of life, says Camus. The most spiritual human beings experience the most painful tragedies, says Nietzsche. So, ultimately, I would say that embracing pain and suffering is a gateway to a richer and more complete life, since it leads to a a fuller understanding of ourselves and the world, to the manifold of human experience and intensity. Most importantly, maybe, it humbles us, opening us up to human empathy and compassion, and so enlarging our hearts. And what's more, when we open ourselves up to the fact of tragedy, we acknowledge something really, really important, namely, chance. And why is this important? Well, because the recognition of chance and contingency teaches us to be grateful itself a crucially important ingredient in genuine happiness. So, we might see this more clearly if we imagine being any one or another of the many people on earth at this moment. The odds are that we would be poor, or malnourished, or ignorant, or in the middle of a famine, civil war, or dictatorship, without the real hope of any possibilities that we find ourselves not condemned to an unfortunate or miserable life is surely, whatever we may think of our own strengths and abilities, a matter of pure luck. So when we truly understand the role that chance plays, we admit to our vulnerability and we begin to appreciate and feel grateful for our lot in life, no longer taking for granted our incredible blessings, even if it's just the sweet sentiment of existence as Rousseau called it. Now, I've mentioned this a few times before, but it's worth restating here. So, Nietzsche spoke very critically about the happiness of the type of person that he called the last man. Now, the last man is someone who lives the the comfortable, risk-adverse, uncreative, and unstrenuous life. Someone, in other words, who, who thinks they're totally happy because they've eliminated all forms of struggle and suffering from their life. Now, Nietzsche thought that this sort of existence, one marked by the presence of a relatively enduring state of pleasure without any pain, is simply not enough for any real, robust conception of happiness. No, instead of a happiness based on an easy, secure, and comfortable life, he believed that true happiness can only be achieved through confrontation with and overcoming of some degree of suffering. Through our responses to a reasonable amount of pain and suffering characteristic of human life, we determine our worth. We grow in strength and spirit and achieve a largeness of soul and ultimately with it a deeper form of happiness. Happiness.